Welcome back, guys, to Bros and Bibles. It's been five months since we've had an episode, and I am so sorry for that. Uh, I'm going to take the first little bit of this episode to explain what happened, why we've been gone, why we're coming back, and what we're bringing you as we come back to Bros and Bibles. So, the a long story short, we just got really worn out. Me and Dustin were, you know, doing youth group and church and teaching and everything on Sunday mornings and then finding time either before youth group or after youth group late at night to record the podcasts. And, you know, in the midst of all that, we had jobs and life and we just weren't really taking care of ourselves spiritually. And, you know, we, we met that honeymoon phase in the podcast world about 10 episodes. It was all super easy. We were super excited. And after that 10th episode, it went downhill, you know? We were like, man, can we fit an episode in this week? Should we take a week off? You know, maybe it's okay if this one's 20 minutes. Maybe it's okay if we do a coffee talk instead of a Bible study, right? Just chat about life, which was good, and it was great, and those are some of our most listened-to podcasts. But our goal was to share Scripture with you guys and to teach and learn alongside of each other. Uh, the Bible. And so that's what we're going to bring you now with the new bros and Bibles. It's not just me and Dustin anymore. We have two new hosts, which we're going to introduce today. Dustin's not here today because his roommate has uh, COVID and that is Jaron, uh, which means Jaron still sucks and it's okay. Uh, we're praying that they get better and that Dustin will be able to join us. But for the, these first two or three episodes, he will not be here. Uh, which really stinks. But we have our two new hosts that will be joining me today. Uh, They bring a lot of energy. We're going to get to know who they are, how they relate back to me and Dustin, uh, Pleasant View, Goshen, Indiana, whatever that looks like. Uh, And we're just super, super excited. So I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we're going to dive right in with the two new guys. So um, if you'll bow your heads with me, uh, Father God, I just thank you so much for who you are, how you love. Uh, I thank you for giving us ways that we can be creative um, and use our gifts to glorify you through different medias and, and outlets, Lord. I just ask that the conversation today be glorifying to you. Uh, may you ordain the things that we talk about. Um, and just may this be all about who you are and how you've affected our lives and brought us together here and not about gaining a brand or growing our own um, reputation, Lord. In your beautiful name, amen. So now we got these guys who have sat here for three minutes quietly. Thank you so much, fellas. So new personal record. Yeah, dang. Chad's never been <laughs> that quiet for three minutes. So, um, just say your names, uh, and then we'll get into asking you some questions. So, you can go first. I am Chad Yoder. Great. You? Yeah, I'm Zane Smidzinski. Good old Smidinky, and uh, that's what we call him. You can call him that too. Maybe not. You can. That's fine. Cool. Cool. He also goes by Ziggity. Um, I like I can, that one. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. You don't want to call it... We can just call him Dinky. That one feels weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I like Ziggity. Ziggity Dinky? Oh? Huh? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Chad, go ahead and explain a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you went to school, um, what some of your hobbies are, sure. and then how you relate back to me, Dustin... Pleasant View, Goshen, whatever. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, Chad Yoder, and uh, I'm the pastor at uh, First UMC in the Life Center in Goshen, and uh, I've been there about a year and a half now. Uh, for those who don't know how the Methodist system works, we get appointed to churches. We don't just go to churches. We don't apply or anything. We just uh, get moved by superintendents and bishops, and so I got moved to Goshen about a year and a half ago, and uh, been doing some cool ministry um, in the city. I love, love Goshen so far. And I uh, got to know Josh basically when I moved here, uh, mutual contact, woo-woo Tracy. Uh, she's like, hey, I know this guy named Josh. You ought to get together with him. And uh, so Josh and I have been playing disc golf about every week ever since. So uh, it's been good. Um, schooling. Uh, so I actually kind of took an unconventional route. Uh, you know, I did not do the like college straight out of high school thing. Uh, so I did two years of master's commission. Uh, the one I was in was in uh, greater Cincinnati, which was Hamilton, Ohio. And uh, it was a essentially like a two-year discipleship program. So I uh, spent two years 
essentially just digging into Jesus. And so uh, that was a kind of an, a really formative time for me spiritually uh, because I did not have a lot of spiritual background. I got saved at 17 and then went to master's commission a year later. <laughs> so uh, great. It was, it was a great decision, honestly. Like my whole life is shaped by that two years, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it was interesting because I got saved in this little Methodist church in Howe, uh, which was a great church. They f- like really like sent me on, right? And so there's a little Methodist church in a small town. And so then I go to Hamilton, Ohio to do this uh, training program that was built by the Assemblies of God. Uh, and the church I was in was a non-denominational church with a Pentecostal history. And so I'm coming from like, they, like the church that I got saved in, like just put TVs on the screen like four years ago. So like, like you know what I'm talking about? Like it's just now, like it was all hymns, right? Like, so... So I've gone from that to like literally like people waving flags and uh, the tambourine lady, the whole full out Pentecostal experience, right? And uh, so those were really formative years for me because I'm like it really like widened my box of like who God is, and uh, and so then I did uh, I did my undergrad work. Um, I started pastoring, and so while I was pastoring, I did my undergrad work at Liberty University Online, um, which of course is a very Baptist school, uh, and uh, and then I did my um, I did a Master's of Divinity at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio, uh, which is a Methodist-approved school, uh, but I would call them—I had a professor who called it Methacostal, mm-hmm. um, so I was really—I really fit in there. So a lot of my degree work um, in my undergrad was in uh, religion with minors in uh, church ministries and evangelism, and then—which uh, I joke, my evangelism minor was actually just a minor in Billy Graham, because we just watched a ton of Billy Graham videos. <laughs> uh, but— uh, at seminary, at seminary, I my concentration was in uh, charismatic church renewal. So a lot of my classes were along the lines of like healing prayer, deliverance ministry, um, you know, things like that. And so, um, so a lot of that was along those lines. I got to experience a lot of that firsthand. Um, I, I did an immersion trip to Cuba in that in those three years uh, where they're in the middle of revival. So it was awesome. Um, so a lot of my education comes from like that kind of background. That's awesome. That's great. I actually almost went to a master's commission, Atlanta. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I didn't do that though. That's one uh, of the like original master's commissions. Like it is. Yeah. It's no longer called master's commission. It's not. It's Atlanta leadership college. <laughs> uh, if you can't afford like regular school, uh, and you want to do ministry, that's a great place and a great route to go. Oh, absolutely. So I'd recommend it a hundred percent. Yep. Uh, my brother-in-law also went to master's commission actually just in Fort Wayne, um, at impact master's commission there at first assembly in Fort Wayne. Sweet. Yep. Yeah, I see. I didn't know there was one in Fort Wayne. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, Zane, so who are you? Where'd you go to school? Uh, what do you do for a living now? And how do you relate back to me, Dustin, PV, Goshen, so on, so forth? All right, yeah, I'll give you a nice synopsis. Uh, starting from when I was younger, I guess I grew up going to PV um, since I can remember. So it's been a, a good time here, and I enjoy the church. And I've seen them change a lot, which is good changes. I mean, I think. Um, different pastoral changes and I've loved all the pastors we've had so far and they really speak to us. So, um, so that's where I grew up going to church. And then I also went to the Catholic church growing up too. So I went education wise, I guess, um, elementary and middle school was all in the Catholic school in Elkhart, St. Thomas. Uh, it's a pretty good school. Yeah. I would recommend it, you know? Um, and then in high school I went over to Bethany Christian in Goshen, um, also a good school, but uh, not Catholic. So uh, Mennonite, I don't know if they are anymore, but um, they definitely gave a good education and um, a different perspective than I heard at the Catholic school, obviously. So I thought it was helpful to get a different, more broad view of the world and I guess how like we as Christians are supposed to act in it. Yeah. Um, and then when it was time for college, I went to Grace College, which is where I met Dustin. Um, <laughs> yeah, all you Bethel grads. It's all right. Um, Yeah, so I went over there, and I uh, started um, as a major in finance, and then I added accounting. So I finished with a double major in accounting and finance, and then I wanted to do a minor in youth men um, because I had some really impactful um, youth men people in my life here at PV um, who really, like, impacted me. So I wanted to do that for others. Yeah. Um, So now I had to use my degree, so I work at an accounting firm in Elkhart, um, so I'm in the area still and um, liking that. So I'm it's on my first year so far, about a couple months in. So it's yeah. going pretty well. 
Yeah, he also does bounce houses on the side, uh, which he shouldn't do, but that's just my opinion. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing that for five years. I did that out of high school, so, and then, yeah, pretty good uh, good people over there, too. So. Yeah, no, I, I have no doubt that the people are great. Um, it's just Zane never has any free time. Uh, well, now he does, because not many people are using bounce houses in the winter. It's all right. It's busy season for tax, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing audits, too, so it gets pretty crazy. Gross. That sounds terrible. It's not bad. I don't know. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Zane is also one of my volunteers in my youth ministry. Uh, he's also a substitute teacher for Dustin's Sunday school class. Um, and probably the most talkative person in my Sunday school class. But there's only four of us. So That's fair. Yeah. But it's good. That's what That's what you're there for. That's what I like you for. I mean... You might be the most talkative person in your Sunday school class, Josh. It's because I'm teaching. Correct. It counts, though. It doesn't count. I don't think so. Who's the most talkative person in your Sunday school class? I don't do Sunday school. Are you too good for Sunday school? I don't think Sunday school is an effective model. We can have that conversation later. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You would not be alone in that uh, thinking, I don't think, uh, amongst a lot of pastors nowadays, at least pastors who are looking to move forward I mean, in yeah. church. The, the yeah. summary on that is, like, across the board, Sunday school's been in decline for 50 years already. So, I mean, it it's not that it can't be effective. It just hasn't been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. Like, churches have small groups, but that doesn't mean they're effective small groups. You know what I mean? Like, it's, so it's Sunday school's just kind of fallen into the same thing. It's fallen into more of, like, like country club. Like, it's our little group of friends, and we're going to get together and chat for for the morning and it's a lot less of like you know like sunday school used to be where you were like producing new pastors and it just isn't that anymore yeah well in in the mennonite church uh as far as i know sunday school was also a way to um introduce people to jesus it was it was more evangelistic in nature mm-hmm. and then they'd move on into discipleship based classes right where you would learn more about god so you know, I, I hope that it goes back to that. That's kind of what I look to do in my Sunday school is is teach Jesus and teach Scripture. Uh, and we're walking through John right now, uh, chapter by chapter, um, which you know all about that because that's what your other podcast is, you know, story, story by story. By story. Yep. <laughs> so Chad uh, has his own podcast. It's called Serious Faith. Yep. You can find it being posted on his uh, Facebook page and uh, the church's Facebook page, correct? I say, well, I, I do it through Anchor, so basically anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find it. Sweet. Yep. Great. Awesome. Well, it's time to get to know you guys a little bit more. So, Chad, you said that one of your hobbies is disc golf. Yep. Do you have any other hobbies that you do? Um, That's the main one. Um, I feel like I really got into disc golf, and I play that a lot. Um, I, I think I'm also – I would also consider, like, video games – um, mm. not quite as much anymore because disc golf takes up most of my free time, uh, which my wife can attest to, I'm sure. But, uh, but video games as well. Um, that's always just been something I was into. I mean, since I was a kid, like I still remember playing super Nintendo with my dad. So, um, wow. that's just always been something I've been into. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure your wife would attest to that and maybe she'll comment on this, uh, this podcast. <laughs> And let everybody know that uh, she refers to me as the other woman. She does. Which really hurts my feelings because uh, I'm not a woman. Just call me the other man or the only man. It probably feels better to say the other woman than to say the other man. Because <laughs> then she would refer to herself as a man, right? Exactly. Correct. Eh, yeah. Well, yeah, she's calling me a woman. Yeah. I can call her a man, right? <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't do that. Probably Chad, that not. That's your so, wife, man. It is. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Zane, what about you? What are some of the hobbies that you have? Yeah, I really enjoy getting out and like fishing when I can, but then also just traveling when I have the time. Um, right now, trying to study for the CPA exam, not really a hobby, but um, <laughs> needs to get done. So I've been spending quite a bit of time doing that. So Yeah. Uh, you've already taken one of the tests and it didn't go really as planned? No, it didn't go great. Yeah. Um, that's all right, though. Yeah. No, and obviously... When you're doing bouncy houses and working at uh, Myron's factory, it's hard to to study. It's hard, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the the summer. It was still a good summer. So absolutely, absolutely. So what do you fish for? I mean, anything that's biting. Uh, that's the right answer. Do you have a preferred catch though? I mean, I like catching bass. Um, when we go out to Minnesota, sometimes with some guys from the church, um, 
pike and walleye are good. Walleye they eat well, so that's nice. But, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I hear it's uh it's the best fish to eat. Is that correct? It's pretty good. Yeah. What it's about not, pike? How does pike eat? Um, it's not great. There's a lot of meat. Yeah. Got to worry about Y bones. So. Yeah. Mm. Is there any way to clean it where they're they're not in there? Yeah. I mean, just pull them out sort of before you cook it. I mean, if you you can eat them. I mean. It's happened before, that's but gotta, it's got to pass rough. Basically, right? just be better. That's what he's saying. <laughs> it's like, not, just it's clean not them like better, Josh. Very thick. It's like, it's like little fishing string bones. It, it, I mean, you can definitely know they're there when you eat them, but yeah, it's not like wow, that was really hard to swallow. But huh. you ever feel them when they? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> we won't go there. Do you? <laughs> do I what? When they come out the other side, do you feel them? The Y bones. The Y bones. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, also, when we're up there, you're sitting, like, in the woods with mosquitoes. That's not uh, really your worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I could never I could never do that trip with you guys. Part of me wants to so bad. I just couldn't do it. I mean, it's a good trip, Josh. I know you say you don't <laughs> like camping. Um, I know you say you pay for your own home, so why would you pay to, you know, go sleep in a tent? But it's, it's a good trip. But, oh, man. I think it's the using the bathroom outside that does it for me. Yeah, I just you, I, you I used can't. a porta potty the other day, right? First to, time to pee, yeah. But I don't know. I just can't. I just can't do it. Okay. Maybe I'll grow someday and be able to to do that. But right, it's, it's the environment. That's what it is. So like, I don't necessarily want to go pee outside my house, right? Because I have a house, so I can just go to the bathroom. But like the camping, it's like part of the environment, right? Like it's the same thing. Like when I'm on mission, and I gotta I gotta use the bathroom, which is like literally just a hole they dug in the ground, like. It's it's kind of fine when you're on mission, you know, because of that because of the environment you're in. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with camping. Now, to be fair, I say that, and I own a thirty foot camper, but <laughs> just, I don't do tent camping either. Uh, <laughs> I yeah no. You see, you still have a bathroom in your camper, right? We do. Yeah. Well, the, don't. It's got no, it's got sorry. shower. Oh my! I got, oh my I got an oven. I got an oven in there. TVs. Dang. Yeah. Do you use them? Yeah. Uh, this guy's not even camping. He's just living on somewhere else. Glamping. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've only been camping a few times, and every time I've gone, I've been in a camper or we rented like a cabin. Yeah, because I'm not sleeping in a tent. Dude, it's not that bad. Honestly, most of the reason we went with a camper was because like it makes vacation way cheaper. Like you could stay at a state park for like 25 bucks full hookup. I mean, like 25 bucks a night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went out uh, to California in a van this summer nice. with some people, so it was cheap. But we also didn't have a toilet or a TV or a shower. That was rough. Gross. I mean, it was like 14 days. That's without a shower? I mean, no. Did you at they, least do no, like they, the hobo showers where you wiped yourself down with uh, I mean, we baby found, wipes? found some sinks or like um, just like the river, something, you know. We were living in a van down by the river. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It was a good trip. Yeah. Cool. Um, what about uh, faith background? So you said that you were saved at 17. What did meeting Jesus look like for you? I met a girl my junior year of high school. What? Jesus is a girl. Not really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's not get into that debate. My yeah, denomination's right. a mess the way it is. Let's not even go there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so I was junior year. I met this girl. We became friends, and her mom invited me to her surprise birthday party and uh, on a Saturday night. And so went to this surprise birthday party at this church and found out that her dad was the pastor and didn't know that, right? So Yikes. her dad says hey, you ought to come to church tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, I got nothing better to do on a Sunday morning. And uh, so I came to church the next day and got saved that day. Wow. Literally, yeah. And um, so that was, I was 17. And uh, so I started there in the Methodist church. I had had a little bit of faith background. Like my parents, um, my parents uh, would tell you that they follow God and that they, um, you know, like I remember my dad reading his Bible and stuff when I was a kid and but we never really like went to church or anything like that. So um, it's not like there wasn't any foundation there at all, you know. Um, but yeah, so I started in the Methodist church and then did master's commission. And um, I, so that was really formative for me. And then I think the other really formative thing for me, I also um, didn't mention that I also co-direct and co-founded a mission organization um, called Kuanda International. Oh, yeah. And um, so we do um, right now we do missions work. 
uh, the goal is to do it worldwide. Um, unfortunately, I don't have time to get to all the invites we've had in other countries. But right now we're in Uganda and Kenya um, with some really great Pakistan uh, contacts. Uh, so uh, shout out to Sonny Zaib, my buddy. And um, so we're hoping to get to those eventually. But we do um, uh, pastor training and church planting work. And so I think we've trained like over 5,000 pastors since 2013. And then um, we've planted something like 65 churches or something like that in Uganda and Kenya. Um, and um, so our guys, we just, we basically go with teach and they're like, cool, let's do it. So it's, it's a really cool environment, but it's a really cool spiritual environment. So I feel like that's been really formative for me as well um, yeah. on my faith as well. Absolutely. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So what was it about that service that first day at that Methodist church that really like, like, I want to be a part of this. Like, what was that for you? Uh, honestly, at this point, I think it's been so long, I don't remember. <laughs> you know, like, I even, um, so when I say I, um, I, I co-founded and co-direct an organization, I do that with my pastor. <laughs> so, like, um, so we became friends very quickly after I went to ministry school and came back and started pastoring in the UMC because um, he, he got me connected pretty early. So, like, yeah. I did two years of master's commission, came back and took churches. So, so I was I was pastoring two small churches over by Ligonier when I was 20 years old, and uh, and so he immediately like plugged me in and got me going. And so, uh, we've done that together. And so I, I still to this day tell him that I don't remember what he preached that Sunday. I just remember going home and feeling like I need to have Jesus. Like you know, like if, yeah. if Jesus is real, I got to take this seriously. And so I can I can remember like kneeling by my bed because mm-hmm. like I had very little prayer experience, so I didn't know you to couldn't you know you got to pray by you got to kneel on your by your bed to pray right like that's how people pray so that's how it's done in the movies exactly so i knelt by my bed and prayed and i'm like all right god like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this like i'm i'm an all-in kind of person right like so if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it yeah and um basically just decided like i'm gonna say yes to god whenever he asked me to do stuff and mm. so that's that's pretty much how i've lived my life ever since is like I always tell people like the Christian faith ultimately boils down to two things. You listen to God and then you say yes. And that's it. Like that's all he asks. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Sweet. Um, Zane, how did you meet Jesus? Uh, I would say when I got baptized, I guess, um, in the Mennonite church would have been the summer of my seventh grade year. Um, And I did it with a group of people who were really like, um, impactful in my life in the youth group. So, um, some of them, well, one of them still goes here to PV, uh, Joel. Yeah. So we got baptized together. Um, and that was really good for me cause he's just been a good friend, um, my whole life. So, um, and then another guy who doesn't go here anymore, Jacob Blea, but we got, um, baptized up at camp Amigo. We used mm. to do a church camp out there every year. And, um, and it was like at a time in my life in middle school, middle school is rough time, but it was just like, um, understanding that like, there is like, if there's somebody there who like you need, I guess, and that's Christ. Um, yeah. why wait to like accept him if you can do it at that time, I guess. So, um, it was really impactful. And then, um, in that setting, it was really cool. Cause I would say I connect with God in nature really well. At least that's where I feel him the most. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what after that was really formative for you? Um, so yeah, then as I got into high school, we were, I was still in the youth group with some of those same guys and, um, other people. And it was a really good group of people to help, help us grow together in faith and then going on, uh, different trips together was really fun. And then also I think we learned a lot. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Cool. So I want to know, I want to know in that, like, so you, so you were at PV, like from being a kid, mm-hmm. um, and then you were at like at a Catholic school. So like, how did those two things compute together during that era? Like, so yeah, I went, um, in the morning, um, from like pretty much second grade. I got baptized in the Catholic church too, as a kid, um, as an infant. And then, um, first communion, second grade and confirmation, eighth grade. Um, but from like second grade to eighth grade, we would pretty much go every week to the Catholic church in the morning. Um, and then when we, in middle school age, we started altar serving me and my siblings. And so we'd go and altar serve at the 7 a.m. service, um, on Sundays and then come over to PV for service in Sunday school. Um, so we'd double up, I guess, um, most Sundays for that time. So, um, it was really good, but. I definitely, I don't go to the Catholic church as much anymore. 
um, maybe on special occasions, like um, when my grandma, when she was alive, um, she would come for holidays and stuff to our house and we'd go on like Easter vigil or Christmas Eve for mass. Um, and I think, um, I think they do some good things. I definitely don't agree with, with everything they teach. Um, but that was like part of growth. And I really, I appreciated what I learned there. And I think uh, they definitely have some good stuff for some people. Um, I think it's just about structure. Like they're very structured over there. So. I appreciate that perspective. I feel like sometimes we like throw the baby out with the bathwater when we talk about the Catholic church, you yeah. know, like it just, yeah. I am super, super guilty of that. <laughs> uh, if we're going to be honest and open on this podcast, I do that so often. Um, in fact, there's a guy that I, I was playing disc golf against and he found out that I was a pastor, but he's very, very devout Catholic. And we we had, I guess, a debate during our round. And for me, uh, I'm kind of a jerk sometimes, as you guys both know, and my wife knows. And um, But I was like, I'm not going to be wrong here, you know? And, yeah, I just... Let's just say I, I had no grace in that conversation. You know, I didn't, I didn't care that he was still a Christian. You know, I was like, well, this is why Catholics are wrong. This is why you're weirdos. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think he'll ever talk to me again. I really hope he does. But that's, you know, sometimes I am as guilty of that as anybody else. Um, and I think sometimes I still do that today. Uh, here at PV, you know, there are some things where I'm like, man, that tradition, I don't think it's going to, you know, I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's the, like, and I try to find some reason to throw it out. And, you know, people are like, are impacted by that tradition. <laughs> like, yeah. it is so much deeper than what I think it is. Uh, so why would I, why would I have any right to throw it out? You know, and so, yeah, it is it is bad. It's, that's a tough line to walk. I mean, yep. it really is. Cause like, you know, like, like one of the things that like, I'm sure you know about me is like, I'm a moving forward person. Like I am not a, like keep the church the same. It was for the last 30 years kind of guy. Like I'm like, let's get on the cutting edge of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and so it is hard for me sometimes with that too, like with the tradition stuff, you know, like, because at some point, like there was meaning to that. And for some people there still is, but for a lot of people, there's not, you know, like, um, and, you know, of course, I come from the United Methodist Church where, like, we have a ton of history. You know what I mean? Like, and tons of history and tons of tradition. Of tradition yeah. yeah. And, like, and I think John Wesley really valued tradition, not in the way that we word it. <laughs> you know, like, historical tradition, like, church history tradition of, like, we're passing down these beliefs and these ways of doing things, you know. And and, and I think sometimes we, we tend to not take that approach with tradition. We say, well, either tradition is all good or it's all bad, you know, and— and sometimes it's just not true. Like, you know, look at the Catholic Church. I, I honestly think that one thing that they have right is catechism, right? Like, they have a way better retention rate of youth kids going into college still being believers than most Protestant churches do. And I think part of that is because of their catechism. It's like they have a very intense discipleship that they do with youth. And, yeah. and a I, lot of Protestant churches don't do that. I guess that boils down to, like, what do you classify as a believer, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have friends who would claim, who would say that they're Christians, but like there's nothing in their life that would say that right. other than their certificate from catechism. Right. You know, like there was a guy from Wisconsin who was like, yeah, no, I went through con- uh, confirmation, right? I'm saved. I'm good. I don't have to do anything else. And I was just like, no, uh, not true at all, you know? Uh, and so like maybe numbers wise, that's good, but... Well, and I'm not saying they're all going to, you know, it's all going to be, I'm saying they statistically have a better rate of retention when youth going into college and remaining faithful to the church, they have a much better rate of retention. And I think that's part of it is like, they do a really intentional discipling of their youth kids. Whereas like, and don't get me wrong, there are some Protestant churches that do that. Well, Tracy is one of them, right? Like our, our mutual contact, Tracy is very adamant that youth kids need to be discipled well. Nope. No. Yeah, she is. She's yeah. great. Says the guy who is in ministry from her <laughs> ministry. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's obviously, like, I I am in youth ministry, right? Like, that's, that's the majority of what my job is. 
And so I hope that my retention is the same. Right. Because it's, you know, I'm trying to do everything by the book. Right. And not like my first two years in, in youth ministry book or like teaching teenagers to change life, but like scripture. The like Bible. I'm trying, yeah. yeah, I'm trying that, to do it by, book. by that <laughs> book, you know? And for me, I... And again, this could be throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, when it comes to the Catholic Church. And I really don't want to t take too much time on this because they, they really need to know who you guys are uh, because they've heard me talk for 12 or 13 episodes already. But do you think it's just easier for them to retain when it's all about work and very little about spirituality? I don't think, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I, because like, I think some of the retention is also um, Catholic, Catholicism does tend to be more familial as well. So like, there's more of that emphasis on like, if your family's Catholic, there's more of like, we want you to be Catholic too. Whereas like, I don't think we necessarily have that as much in the Protestant church. I see it a lot. Of course, my last name is Yoder. So like, <laughs> I see it a lot in the Amish church, right? Like there's a pressure, if your parents are Amish, there's a pressure for you to be Amish too, you know? And so I think there might be some of that. But I see, I see that in the in any Protestant church as well. You know, mm -hmm. I, that pressure of like, oh man, my kid's not in church, or my kid's not a Christian, or you know, he's not going to a Christian college, or you know, I think we have the same pressures there, um, yeah. and and so I think I think that's part of it too is the more familial like aspect of faith because that's something that I I've seen a lot of my churches have been missing. You know, like I um, I had a friend in seminary who who uh, pastored two churches in South Texas. And she said that uh, she would she would joke that one of her churches, she would call it the widow church. And it's not because they were all had dead husbands, but it's because none of their husbands came to church. Mm. So it was only the mothers ever came to church, right? And so you see a little bit less of that in the Catholic faith, I think. Um, you, it's a lot more familial. Everybody goes, you know. And again, this is just broad terms. It's not every single person or every single yeah. church even. But I, I think they're, that's that's part of it too. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to have an episode of that on that because <laughs> I could have a lot of fun with that one. Um, man, what is uh, what is your guys' favorite book or verse in Scripture? Not everybody at once. It's like um, Sunday school all over again. I like the one in the Sermon on the Mount about not worrying. I think it's Matthew six twenty five through like 34. If I had to like off the top of my head pulled out i think that's it um but yeah i just it's really impactful about just like understanding that um in this life like we don't have to worry about our needs like god will take care of us um because he loves us and like we can see that through the perfect example of the son obviously but yeah yeah that's awesome um i think my favorite my favorite book is james um, mostly because James is like, I call it the butt kicker gospel. Cause like <laughs> it just, that book kicks your butt, man. Like, oh man. Yeah. Uh, you can't read that without like going home and like, it's like a mixture of like, I want to cry cause I failed so badly. And it's also like a challenge of like, oh man, I, I can get this, you know, like, yeah, I love it. And, uh, but my favorite verse I think also comes from Matthew. Uh, Jesus says that uh, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. And, um, the idea that the things that we do and say come from what's within our heart. Yeah. You know, and so so being careful and watchful of the things we're doing and saying and how you can really tell what's in somebody's heart from what they do and say. And as, as much as we say that we shouldn't judge a book by its cover, which I think is true, but at some point what you're doing and saying is also a representative of it, what is within, within inside of you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's awesome. My favorite book is also James. Nice. I'm pretty sure I shared that in one of the earlier podcasts, but... You know, I think it just challenges me no matter how many times I read it. There's always a verse or a passage in there that pushes me pastorally uh, to do ministry different, to live differently, to love differently. Um, so, yeah, that's really good. It's my, it's my favorite book, a book that I continue to go back to always. What about favorite song, Christian and then secular? Oh, man. Because I know you guys listen to secular music. You don't have to hide it. <laughs> Uh, my favorite song right now, um, I actually don't know the title of it. Um, That's helpful. It is helpful. Yeah. But uh, it's the it's the first track off of uh, Need to Breathe's new CD, or newest album. And um, 
I just I like it because it's a. I mean, he he talks about things that are not real like, I don't know, nothing. They're not church appropriate, but like he talks about like one of the verses he talks about like being a youth kid and, and like making out in the stairway during service, you know, like that kind of mm. thing. Like, but his point his point in in the chorus is just that like he feels like he doesn't need a bunch of stuff from the church. He just needs some room to be wrong. Yeah, you know, and he and that he feels like if if I ask if we were to ask God, you know, I I would tell him. You know, I'm not perfect, and he would tell me that's what I'm here for. You yeah. know, like that that mentality. So like that song's just been like it's been playing through my head. I'm gonna have to add that one to the playlist. That sounds awesome. It's a good one. And then favorite secular song. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite song necessarily. Um, I I am definitely um, it surprises people. I'm a I'm a heavy metal fan. Yes. Um. So. Uh, when it comes to secular music, I listen to a lot of Bolt for My Valentine. Yep. That's my favorite band. And um, uh, I would say in that genre be Bolt for My Valentine. And then a close second would be very different genre, John Mayer. Yeah. Those are, those are two of my favorites to listen to. Man. Depending on what kind of mood I'm in that day or, you know, if I'm driving or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What happens if you're both driving and listening to metal? What kind of mood does that put you in? It just means I drive a little faster. That's Is it just road rage? <sighs> that's it. The whole time? Yeah. That's all. Pastor Chad flipping people off as he drives by them <laughs> at 75 miles an hour? That's, you just, the secret is if you drive fast enough, they won't see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zane? Favorite uh, Christian song and then favorite secular song? Um, so, yeah, I would say my favorite Christian song is How Great Thou Art. Oh. Um, I really like that one. Specifically, Which... verse, I think it's number two. And it talks about looking down from lofty mountain grandeur because oh. that's just, I mean, like I said, I connect in nature. And um, yeah. I've, I've seen some of those, like, scenes, and it's really cool, yeah. um, impactful. So it's awesome. Um, and then secular, I don't, again, I don't know if I could pick a, a song. I listen to a lot. I mean, I sit at work all day crunching some numbers. <laughs> so I got a couple different playlists, but I like country. Um, oh, Zach Brown band probably and then um for like I don't know like a throwback like not metal but I like Green Day sometimes okay. you know yeah some good old it's, pop punk man it's a good listen so yeah that's awesome yeah Green Day is definitely always on my playlist yeah Josh and I have had conversations about that because like you know I'm a little older than Josh right so like I'm I'm like remembering like Green Day's American Idiot album. Mm-hmm. That was the first album I ever bought with my own money. Wow! Like, <laughs> like and I've never bought an album with my own oh. money. So, <laughs> yeah, music's been pretty much free for me the entire time. You know, Chad's like 45, right? You're what 60, 70? Yep, 82. Yeah. So, me and Zane are significantly younger than he is, and Zane's younger than I am. That's true. So it's true. I am the old man in the group. Yeah, that's okay. It you, is okay. You, you bring wisdom. I'm fine with that. That's right. Maybe. That's Probably. <laughs> I think that's why you invited me secretly. You're just like, somebody's got to bring some non-nonsense talk into this group. Yeah, because Lord knows it's not going to be me. So, <laughs> yeah. But, no, actually, the real reason I did bring you in here is because a really good friend, and I think people need to hear your heart for the church and uh, your heart for Scripture and how you view God. So, and it's Appreciate the same with you Zane and same with Dustin I think we all have similar you know goals for what the church ought to be uh, the way that we view scripture and hopefully similar life goals to to spread the gospel yeah and so that's yeah that's why you guys are here that's why we do this right I think we as Christians need to use every outlet and platform that we can to spread the gospel no matter what even if it means sometimes we talk about poop for two hours, right? Yeah? No? No. Oh, dang. I don't think so. We could have an entire poop podcast. You and Dustin will have a great time. <laughs> Dustin won't do that with me. <laughs> he hates talking about it normally. I got to find a poop guy. That's what I got. A poop guy. A poop guy. Everybody's got one. <laughs> What's uh, your favorite book outside of the Bible? Because I, I assume that's your guys' favorite book. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So favorite book outside of uh scripture? Um I guess I haven't really read it yet, but um I've gone through it so my accounting professor at Grace was a really impactful person in my life, I guess. He's he's a really good guy. Um 
he actually grew up Mennonite too, interestingly enough. Yay! Yeah. So I connect to him a little bit, and um, he grew up in Bremen. But he wrote a devotionals book, which I have. Yeah. I just have not read it yet. But I've also heard, I think, all the devotions in there through my accounting classes. <laughs> but I'll have to get back and give it a, a listen or a read sometime. So yeah. that one's pretty good. And then he's got another one about... Um, I got partway through that one. Still working on it. Um, it's about managing your like money and like resources and like how to like set a limit so you can give better. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's awesome. What are those books called? Do you know? I can get them next time. Okay. Um, his name's Roger Stichter, though. Okay. My, the guy who wrote them, and they're on Amazon. So sweet. Well, if you guys are looking for some books, those are those are a way to go. Chad. Um. I think favorite book, like if I had to pick like the one book that I'm going to reread like over and over again, um, there's a book by pastor Larry Stockstill um, called The Remnant. It's mm. a, just a real little book and uh, one that he had published. It had been years ago. I got it at a conference just randomly, and I have read that book at least a dozen times because um, it's just so small, and it keeps me like centered and grounded on what to focus on. And it's a little bit of like spiritual discipline, spiritual practice type thing, but it just it's the one I always go back to when I'm like, I need a boost right now. Yeah. That's the book I'm going to. Wow. Um, but when it's, if you're talking leisure reading, um, I love Ted Decker. Oh. And uh, so I, I love reading Ted Decker stuff. Still a, still a believer, right? Ted Decker. Oh, yeah. Christian writer. Oh, yeah. See, I feel so bad because you guys are giving all these great books. And my favorite book is Going Bovine. It's about a kid who's dying of mad cow disease. <laughs> goes on this super dope journey with like a garden gnome and a fairy. So, wow. yeah, dude. Okay. You guys are like... So if you're going that route, I'll <laughs> offer you this. I'll, I'll throw you a bone here, all right? All right, there was a book that I bought as a teenager that I've, that I've loved, and I've reread it again even as an adult. It's called The Year of the Hangman. Mm. Um, but the whole premise of the book was the book is based on the year after the Revolutionary War with the idea of what if the U.S. had lost the Revolutionary War. Oh. So it's like it's like historical fiction, and the book is just great. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my yeah. favorites. It's still not as bad as my book. I feel like <laughs> Dang. I feel like that's still a higher level of reading than going bovine. Maybe. I think uh, the last book I may have like read in its entirety, this may be a confession, um, <laughs> might have been in sixth grade. Oh, my um, goodness. But it was The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. through college. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but college, you don't have to really read everything. It's, it's right? a like, big skim. It is. That's exactly what they told me. They called it the seminary skim when I went to seminary. They're like, Because they, they got professors who would give you like 400 pages of reading every week. Yeah. And they're like, I don't expect you to read it. I just want you to skim it. Oh, my God. See, I read every page in cop. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody believes that. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> Why would it's I do possible. that? possible. I didn't um, buy a single book in college. So. Interesting, interesting. But, yeah, I like The Outsiders. Um I thought it was a really good story. Yeah. And then, I mean, even, like, if you think about it, like, biblically, it's, like, they think there's, like, two different groups, and um, obviously they start to realize they're more alike than they realize. Yeah. So. What would you be? Would you be a Soch or a... Pro- probably. Oh, man. Maybe not, you? though. Soch or a Greaser? I probably would be a social. Oh, I may God. be a greaser. I don't know. Dustin would definitely be a social. So. Yeah, <laughs> Dustin is for sure. <laughs> He's not here to defend social. himself, though. You but know, you're not wrong. That's the thing. You are 100 percent true. But in light of uh, another thing that has two different groups, um, have you seen Outer Banks? I have. So the Pogues, and then what are the other guys called? Oh my goodness! If Dustin were here, he'd know. Yeah, I should know this. Golly, what are they? Either way, the Pogues are like the poor kids who are like outcasts kind of on the edge of society. And uh, Dustin's always like, yeah, man, I'm a Pogue for life. No, you are not, Dustin. I hope you listen to this and you understand that you are not a Pogue. You're not a greaser. You're a Soch. And whatever the, the other group in that story is called. What are they called? I don't know. Get I your phone on you. Up. Yeah, yeah, please do. I'm. This is gonna bother the heck out of me. Uh, but moving off of that, what about favorite show? What are you watching right now? What am I watching right now? Um, I am a huge fan of Doctor Who. Ah. Uh, um. So I actually own like all of the newer seasons on DVD. Nice. So um, we've been watching back through. Um, I think we're 
we just watched uh, the uh, Rose Tyler dying episode, so um, we're maybe halfway through David Tennant's time as the Doctor, which you have no idea about at all. Yeah, no, uh, you're just saying names so and they're going right over my if head, If you man. do know out there, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, we've been watching through Doctor Who. Um, I am actually, I've actually been watching through as well without my wife because my wife has a – there's two rules she has. She does not like when the words don't match her lips. And she also does not like um, – she has a three F-word rule for movies and shows. And so I've been watching on Netflix um, Arsene Lupin, which is a – it was an originally a French show, which they've like – it's been translated into English. Uh... But um, it's the idea of like the gentleman burglar. So it's this like wicked, smart, slick burglar yeah. and just like a really smart, well-done show. But it's super well done. And Lots of f bombs is what I'm hearing. There's now. a lot of language. It's French TV, so the French have yeah. way less censoring than we Absolutely. do. So yeah, sweet. That's that is not at all what I thought you would say. So what did you think I'd be watching? Ah uh, man, uh, Teen Mom. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jersey Shore rewinds. Um, just kidding. Are you confusing yeah. me with Dustin? Or yeah, whatever? probably. <laughs> no, but I just I figured you would be either really into like anime. Or really into uh, like the superhero, like DC stuff, like I say, the Flash I, and the Arrow. On the nerd stuff, uh, in fact, I think it was Dustin the other day that was talking about how like nothing beats Star Wars. Like you know, like Lord of the Rings was okay, Harry Potter was okay, Lord of the Rings was better, but Star Wars is the best. And I have that in the exact opposite order. Like I loved Harry Potter, like midnight premieres when I was when I was in high school, you know that kind of stuff. And um, and then Lord of the Rings would be second for me, and then Star Wars. So like I think. I am I am a level of nerd, just not an anime, not the anime variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good, man. Yeah, I've never. Mine is Harry Potter, and then the other two are tied because I've never seen the other two. <laughs> so never seen Lord of the Rings, never seen Star Wars. So people are gonna crucify me for that, yeah. but it is what it is. I've never seen Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter in their entirety. I have seen all the Star Wars there, though. So they're well, good. What are you watching right now? Did you also find Yeah, it? I found it. Uh, Dustin, you're a kook. Oh, he's a kook. The yes. Kooks. So, kooks and pogues. That's even more fun on so many levels. Right? <laughs> you're a kook. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, right now, I'm going back through One Tree Hill. So Great. I know Dustin <laughs> talked about that before, too. But, um, yeah, I like it. It's a good show. Um, I'm a compulsive, like, rewatcher. So, I've, like, rewatched Friends a lot of times. Um, and then... Cheers, How I Met Your Mother, Brooklyn Nine Nine, oh, a lot of comedies. So. Nine Nine Man, How I Met Your Mother was one that I rewatched over and over and over again when it was on Netflix in college. Yeah, pretty sure through my four years I watched it ten times. I rewatched it and hoped it ended differently, you know, but <laughs> it never did. There, there are three shows that I've rewatched over and over again. Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of them. I that is such a funny show, um, and then The Office and Parks and Rec. Like those three shows, it's very similar genres. Yeah. But I love all three of those shows. I've never seen The Office, but Parks and Rec is phenomenal. It is so good. Yeah. I I would refer. I tell people that The Office is like a the flip side of the coin to Parks and Rec. Like at Parks and Rec, you have this like really jovial, like happy to be in her job, lady. And on the flip side, you've got Michael Scott at The <laughs> Office, who is like the most bumbling idiot in his job and like bear doesn't even like his job you know what i mean like yeah so it's it's almost like two sides of the same coin but mm. i do like parks and rec more yeah well they have a chris pratt you know and the other <laughs> one what do they have they do and a ron swanson yep so yeah man ron swanson but i i did i did have a moment today where i thought of an episode of the office while i was reading scripture what yeah so 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 in my podcast, I'm in, I'm just at the end of the story of Lazarus, right? Yeah. And, and in the story, it talks about how Lazarus um, comes out of the tomb and his hands and feet were tied together. And I thought to myself, I'm like, why in the world would you tie a dead person's hands and feet together? And I thought back to this episode of The Office, which if you say you haven't seen it. I've not seen have it. Have you seen it? I haven't seen all of okay. it. I've seen some of it. So there's an episode of The Office where Dwight has to go home because he has a family member who has died. I think it's like his mom or his grandma or somebody has died. And... So they're at the funeral. They have a really bare, just like wooden casket, right? And she's in it, and all these people. And uh, so they're like, all right. And so Dwight kicks open the top of the casket, pumps a shotgun, and shoots her. <laughs> oh and I'm my like, gosh. what is going on, right? So in the episode, you're like, and then it go, cuts to Dwight interviewing. He's like, yeah, we had a rash there for a few years of uh, relatives who we thought were dead, and they weren't. 
And so when we found the scratch marks in the casket, we decided to make sure people were actually dead before we buried them. <laughs> so I thought of this episode. I thought of this episode when I'm picturing Lazarus coming out of the tomb, tied up, hands and feet, right? Like, I'm like, because I'm like, why else? Like, they're like, what if he comes back? We got to tie his hands and his feet, you know, if it's a zombie apocalypse, just to be sure, you know, like. That would definitely slow zombies down, it, though. It would. It's true. Yeah. It would, because I had this, like, picture in my head of, like, because it also says he was, like, gagged, because, uh-huh. like, they put his jaw up above his head, you know, like, they tie it together. So I'm like, all I could picture is, like, this dude has been kidnapped, right? Like, jumping out of the tomb, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought of that episode of du- with Dwight where he's like, we got to make sure they were staying dead, you know, just. Oh, my gosh. I was like, well, that didn't work for Lazarus. So no, like... <laughs> not at all. Yikes. Oh, see, that's why I just can't watch The Office. Oh, it's hilarious. Man. Oh, man. I think I've watched like half of the first episode, and I just couldn't do well, it. Well, that's your problem. The first, the first like season, season and a half is like it's okay. But that like that shouldn't be the case, right? Like if I if I with most things, if I'm gonna do that thing or be a part of that thing, it's gotta catch me right away. Yeah. Like songs, they have to. There has to be something in that first verse that gets me. Yeah. Or I'm like, that's a terrible song, right? But my playlist is like 800 songs long, so. You yeah. know, there's a lot of songs that catch me, right? But TV shows, it's got to catch me. And that's, I think that's why I fall more into like the action type movies and shows because it catches you right away. That first episode of The Office, dude, ugh. <laughs> Halfway through, I was like, this is not funny. Why is everybody talking about this show? It's terrible. And shut it off. But Parks and Rec, on the other hand, right away, you know, caught me. So, yeah, but I'm weird. You know, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. So we've talked favorite show. Uh, what about favorite movie? And not movie series, but like singular movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can go if uh, you're waiting. Um, Happy Gilmore is pretty good. I'm a big uh, Adam Sandler guy, but. Like all of Adam Sandler's movies, like Jack and Jill, even. I don't know if I've seen that one. You I like shouldn't. a lot of his comedies. I mean, Wa- Waterboy is good. Yes. Uh, the Longest Yard. Um, he's grown got ups? some Grown Ups. That's like him and what Will Ferrell, right? What? Seen that? No. <laughs> what? Maybe not. No, that was the one. It's got a uh, David Spade and Rob uh, Schneider, Kevin James, yep. Chris Rock. Okay, I think I've seen it like once. Bro, it's on Netflix right now. Is that the one with like? He shoots the bow and arrow up in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that Adam Sandler, I think, is underrated in a lot of ways. Especially for like some of the more serious stuff he's done. Like have you ever watched The Cobbler? No. I have. The one where he's like a shoemaker. Yeah, yeah. dude, that was such a good movie. So Yeah, but he's he plays a little bit more of a serious role in that yeah. one, and so that was pretty good. So yeah, what about you, Jed? Favorite movie? Um I was trying to think. I, I honestly think I have to go with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's a great movie. Like too. I just, <laughs> that is one of that's got to be my favorite movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it. It's it's good, man. It's worth the watch. Is it in it is. a group? In a group. Oh, so I shouldn't watch it alone. <laughs> no, will not be as funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very much British humor. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe I'll like it. That's the one where they have like the. The coconuts, coconuts. yeah, yeah yep. for the horse sound. Yep. I, I think I've seen clips of it. Oh, you I'm know. sure you have. There's so many, like, one-off like, lines. Like, tis just a flesh wound, right? Tis oh, yeah. flesh wound. His, <laughs> his arms cut off or something like that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. See, that seems really funny. I've just never. It, yeah. Where do I watch that at? Is it on Netflix? I, mean, I have it on DVD if you want it. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Yeah. That small group event? I, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cool. I'd be down for that. I'll be down for that. Yeah, see, my favorite movie is not a good one. In fact... Scarface. In, <laughs> no. <laughs> in a job interview, it was brought up... Oh, no. ...as a negative thing towards me, and it's goodwill hunting. Oh, that is a good one, though. I know. Like, I get that there's some language there, but it's a good one. It's kind of like Shawshank Redemption. Yep, I, like I love one. Shawshank Redemption. I'm not going to show it to my five-year-old, but, like, what? it's a great movie. Like... <laughs> Why wouldn't you show that to your five-year-old? There's some some things in there she shouldn't see. Oh, yeah, well. Or I should say some implied things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, Goodwill Hunting is just an amazing story, as we all know. Yeah. And 
guy coming from nothing to something and you know we all know my background and where I come from and I just connected a lot to that I'm not a mathematician I don't do any of that kind of stuff I'm kind of stupid when it comes to numbers but you know coming from where I grew up it just seems like a perfect match and Matt Damon is amazing (laughs) so he's wicked smart wicked smart but uh, did you know they're creating a new Harry Potter movie I did with the original cast. They are, yeah. I was surprised by that. I'm so stoked for it. You gotta wait a couple years. But yeah. I'm stoked for it. So you don't you you're not That's into all right. it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you gonna are you gonna be jumping on the H- HBO Max special they're doing, the twenty year anniversary thing? Yep. Are you? Yeah. I don't have HBO Max, so I do. do. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can you can use it. We we steal it from our my father in law, but <laughs> It is what it is. Stealing, sharing. He uses our Netflix account. Well, there you go. See, yeah, it's, it's he a pays for it though, so it doesn't. Yeah. Oh. It's under Natasha's name, <laughs> and like it's all her login stuff, but he still pays for it. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know what goes on there. I just let them figure that stuff out. But we pay for Disney Plus, and they use that. There you go. Which I think is a waste of money. I never use Disney Plus. We did just watch uh, the new one they just put on Jungle Cruise. We just watched, Aaron and I just watched that last night. With Dwayne? Yes. Rock Johnson. Yeah. Was yep. it good? It was okay. okay. It's got Emily Blunt yeah. in, in it too, right? Maybe. She's the female, right? British girl? I don't I, know, maybe. <laughs> you just watched it. I've never I seen don't know, it. Emily Blunt. I just. <laughs> John Krasinski's wife? Yeah, but I don't know who that is. We all know he should have married Pam. I mean, come on. But no. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Man, well, we're coming up on an hour. That's usually our cutoff point. Um, is there anything else that you think the people need to know about who you are uh, before they begin to to listen to what we have to say about Scripture? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about a lot today, so <laughs> pretty sure you guys know me by now. <laughs> if not, I mean, I was saying, I said I mean, what I said earlier basically summarizes what I'm at. I'm like, I want to listen to God and say yes. That's it. Like. Um, I think, I think being a devout Christian is simply just taking no off the table when it comes to God, and uh, and so that's that's what I want to be about. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, we do want to add into every episode uh, a verse of the week that stuck out to one of us, a song of the week that stuck out to one of us, and a sermon or uh, a teaching that we heard. And so, since I didn't tell these guys that until they got here. Because I was going to cover it anyway. Um, my verse of the week is Hebrews four twelve, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And to be honest, I've read that verse so many times. Uh, but this week it really, really hit me, you know. And I don't know why I think I've really been focusing in on scripture and really diving into uh, my studies a little bit more heavily in the past couple weeks than I had for the the, the past couple months. And so, you know, it's really been eye-opening and life-changing for me uh, with that. Um, My song of the week is, man, it's such a good song and... If you've never heard it, it's uh, Another in the Fire. Uh, Hillsong does it. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Um, And then, teaching-wise, I just listened to Jefferson Bethke. Um, Do you know who that is? He's a spoken word poet, author, written a couple books, To Hell with the Hustle. Uh, He did that really impactful video, Why I Hate religion and love Jesus. Oh, I thought I recognized that name from somewhere. That's what I've, that's what I've seen. So that's him. Um, but I listened to a sermon of his from 2014, I think. And it was just, uh, one of the Liberty university's convocations. Um, and he talked about like really, really diving in and depending on God and what that means. And so, uh, the thing I took away from that was knowing Jesus more equates to deeper deeper healing and more wholeness and so yeah those are those are the the sermon of the week the 
scripture of the week and the song of the week. So give them a listen. Uh, they're all on YouTube and or your Bible app. So, uh, Chad, would you like to close us in prayer as sure we head thing. out? Yeah. Cool. Uh, God, we're thankful for uh, you bringing us all together and, uh, and for the work that we're going to do in this podcast and, uh, and the conversation we're going to have. We ask that you would uh, be in our midst, not just uh, as we talk in person uh, to record these things, but uh, especially, God, that you would be in the midst of these the minds and hearts that will be tuning in, uh, that this would be more than just a uh, moment of humor or, um, or a distraction from the day, God, but that it would be something impactful for them and, uh, and life-changing. And so we ask that uh, as we dive in and go deeper that you would guide these conversations and uh, let them uh, be a blessing not only to us but also to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.